Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. Hello. Uh, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepigina, <laughs> pronouncing it correctly for the first time on the show. My brother will appreciate that. <laughs> good. Uh, and... To my right, Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. Um, first thing I'll say right off the bat: uh, condolences go out to the entire Hart family. Uh, Natty, in particular, her father, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, unfortunately passed away, uh, as we all saw on Monday Night Raw. It's a tough one. That's like one of those guys I grew up with. Like he was part of one of the first two tag teams I was ever invested in. I hated the Hart Foundation, loved the British Bulldogs, but it was like a piece of my childhood right there. So obviously, like I said, condolences go out to the family. Um, We have an interview with Nick Aldis that Alo did. uh, That will be somewhere in the middle of this show. Uh, Subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews, and... A throwback madness for SummerSlam has been recorded. It is in the books. Uh, Alo's first turn hosting. Uh, when are we going to release that? Friday Tomorrow, or yeah, Monday? Friday. Okay, so expect that on Friday. Um, Renee Young on commentary. What did everybody think? She did not offend me, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, but I kind of wish that she gave a little more. Very similar. Uh, there's nothing bad I could say about it. I definitely was left wanting more. There's, I guess, certain segments that I'll wait till when we get around that I was hoping we we'll hear, hear something, hear, <laughs> hear, hear her speak. Well, yeah, yeah that, that's that could be a good way <laughs> to look all? at it. Yeah, but she definitely, um, she definitely did good. I wish she was um, replacing Cole for the night rather than someone else. But yeah, Halo. Well, she's an upgrade from coach in every single way possible, but. I thought she did good, but the problem with the way the, we can't really—it's hard to judge her because that third person on the commentary team is not difficult. It's not easy. It's like you kind of gotta chime in at the most odd times, and you're not the lead person because you know that's supposed to be Corey Graves is second in command on that. So, like, for, so I thought some of the times she chimed in it came off a little weird because. Some of her statements weren't like full statements. They were just like, "Oh my god!" And you know yeah. that part the, when um, Dean came back. I hated that she didn't talk. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I can only assume that the powers that be backstage didn't want her to speak because that's her real life husband. But I also heard that she said in an interview, Vince said, go out there and be yourself. I, I think that's what he said. What, I don't care what he said. I, it, it's her husband. Every li- list, uh, Everyone watching, for the most part, knows that. Even if you don't know it, pop. It's, it's a, supposed to be a big return. I think the guest commentator that's actually sitting out there and not saying a word heard it more than anything. I mean, that was actually something I was just there waiting for. 
go out there and be yourself. I'm going to tell you exactly what to say in your headset. Like, it can't be both things. Go out there and be yourself, but when your husband comes out, be a mute. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, say, I think Cole was the only one to actually speak during that time. But Which I, is good. Well, we could talk about that later, mm-hmm. but he conveys that so well. Like when it, when it comes to, like, big returns or, like, things. Because he's, he's raising his voice and yelling for an actual reason, not just saying, it's boss time! Exactly. It's the big dog! Yeah. Like, well, I, I like that. Right. I like the big dog, but... Yeah, Ron likes and Ron likes his boss time. <laughs> That's true, I do. I really hate when he does that. I'm like, oh my God. So stupid. Yeah, but it's a tough spot for Renee, for Renee, for Renee to be in. But I always said, me and Prep always talked about it. I, I think Renee's good on commentary, and I believe that she'll probably be on commentary at Evolution. Can I just say that Jen Maybe they're hates just prepping her for that. Her long hair. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's not for like it's not for her. I prefer her her, her short short hair. Yeah. B- below the like a little below the ear. Yeah, I, I thought she did a good job. I agree with you guys. Clearly an upgrade from coach. Would be an upgrade from Byron too. Um Who? Yeah. Yeah, she didn't set the world on fire, but I thought she was good. I thought she was better than the other options they have in that spot. So historical. Yeah. Um, so Roman and Brock The story we get this week is Everything we talked about last week was all a setup Do you guys like that? I do Like Because Paul's the only one that can really convey that well Because of the things that he's done Like you know he's sleazy But you don't know until he finally turns Because he's so good at conveying that right. he might not <laughs> So I just hope that this all ends with a Roman win, but the segment was great. And Roman Reigns on the mic is fantastic. His promo was great. <laughs> the Dana White line, I loved. I loved, Dana that, loved Dana, it I loved that Dana posted it. <laughs> and I said it on Twitter already. I said it on Instagram. I'm going to say it right here. I don't want nobody hopping on this Roman Reigns bandwagon. It's full, full of... The Matt Madness crew, we don't need nobody else coming over here trying to like Roman Reigns now after you guys ruined WrestleMania for me and you ruined wrestling for Ron. Yeah, you ruined <laughs> the entire industry for me. I have something to say about that before I forget. Because uh-huh. I brought this up at the end of the show last week. And, Prep, you can kind of test this too because you were in the same boat as us three because we, we were all together for, for the, um, one of the events. So when it comes to your hatred of crowds and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Me and you were at Slumber Sam together. And we all three of us were at TakeOver Orlando together. <clears throat> Do you think if we didn't have those higher up seats, we wouldn't we wouldn't be miserable? Because those are the those are the cheaper seats because they're last minute and the cheaper tickets you can get at the at the time. So do you think because you think that we would have a different outlook because we, if we were lower, because we wouldn't be up there with the smarky, the smarkiest fans. We would probably be a little, a little bit lower in our own little world with a little bit of a mixed crowd. It's a very good question, and one I have thought about. Like, there's a chance that that'd be the case, but if you just think specifically the SummerSlam instance, I still would have heard John Cena getting booed that entire match and as he's making his exit after laying down his wristband or his armband um, and I still would have heard people booing and chanting throughout that entire Rollins-Finn Balor match complaining about the Universal title 
I might not have been as pissed if I didn't have to hear like individual people around me saying dumb stuff the whole time. Uh, There's a chance that if I wasn't there, I probably wouldn't be as mad. But I know I I still wouldn't be like happy about it. I'd still be saying these are a bunch of idiots that just want to complain or just want to make it about themselves. So me personally, I would be even more upset because take, for instance, WrestleMania. That's a big place. And from where we were at and allegedly what was going on on TV, because I have yet to watch it and I'm not going to because it's going to ruin it again for me. Like, there was no getting around the booing and the beach ball and all that. So if I was up front and I paid $2,000 for a ticket, I'm not going to be any more happy than if I paid my 250 or whatever we paid from the seats where we were at. Like, I'm just, I'm going to be more upset because <laughs> I spent that money and the experience is ruined for me. That might be me. That might be my own fault for taking it too personal, but damn, I just put $2,000 for this seat, you know what I mean? Well, that like, that's my whole thing is you're, you're hijacking the show and making it less enjoyable for everybody else just so you could do some, some dumbs. Like, it, what's the point of it? It, it's just so stupid to me. I, I'll never understand it, other than the fact that these are a bunch of people who probably have no lives. They probably, the only friends they have is the, the guy that's sitting next to them. Uh, nobody pays attention to them in real life. Nobody cares what they say or do in real life. So this is the time when they get to feel like, oh, I'm important because you're going to hear me on TV. You're going to hear all the all the losers like us complaining on TV. Like, we're so miserable outside of here, we're going to make everybody else miserable inside of here. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, because, like, being a run at SummerSlam, I hate that experience because, one, the guy next to they're literally right next to him, he kept, when Dolph Ziggler came out, because his friend next to him didn't watch wrestling, and <laughs> he says... Oh, that's Dolph Ziggler. He's like Shawn Michaels. And you know that pisses me off. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God, I'm ready to go. And then when the women came out, the show me your tits chant started. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, I, I don't care about booing or whatever. You, everybody's going to boo. It's whatever. But I think the problem was the consecutive events that we went to where all that was happening. Kind of like pissed me off. Like the NXT, we had a miserable time in NXT, too, because I know – Prep in particular with the whole Bobby Roode Nakamura match, everybody kept yelling, "Speed it up, speed it up!" You're not doing nothing. Crap like that pissed Prep off. Prep is almost yelling at Daniel Bryan to kill somebody <laughs> at the top. It's just, I think if we, were, if we were a little bit lower, we wouldn't be less bothered by stuff. That one I do agree. Like it probably wouldn't have been as bad down there because the people in front of us were unbearable. Mm-hmm. And then I felt so bad because I couldn't stand the dude in the wheelchair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then for WrestleMania this past year. In that confinement of 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 the especially the Superdome, all this, the the acoustics, everything bouncing off the wall and stuff like that, there was no getting around that. But the area we were sitting, nobody was like overreacting or anything right. like that. So I can appreciate that. Now, back to Roman Reigns and listeners, we are the official official podcast of Roman mm-hmm. Reigns. I don't. I like what Roman said about Dana White and like we talked about last week about Paul. Is rumored to be writing a lot of Roman stuff. I did like how it was delivered, and I did like the fact that Brock actually ambushed him because it's a lot different because there's never really been heat between these two physically all the time, and when it is, it's usually a pull apart. So this was kind of more of a different approach. It was more of a sneak attack, and it showed. And 
and it shows that Brock's like really going to come after Roman Reigns. Paul even said a few weeks ago that that this is a whole different animal in Brock Lesnar. This is the meanest and nastiest he's ever been. So I could be wrong. It could have been a different feud. So are you going to bring no. up the handcuffs? I was about to say, <laughs> didn't he ambush him? Wasn't like this pretty much just happened except he wasn't blinded he was put in handcuffs I don't remember if that was right before Wrestlemania I can't but it it's did right it before was Mania this year was it? yeah mm-hmm. don't remember <laughs> WWE of course they, yeah, like you always say they'll do the same thing don't over and over yeah. Um, yeah it could be good my feeling like when it happened was because I thought Paul's interview was so good and I said on the show last week this needs to be a part of the story like Paul being hurt and bitter and it was all all an act and it, it kind of takes something away from it for me i agree i thought i thought it was great i loved him speaking samoan i loved him reaching in his pocket and handing him an offer yeah what i hated was how clumsy he was like he reached back into his pocket and i'm like all right something else is coming something else and then this isn't going to be good for roman and honestly Pepper spray Couldn't What else could have been cheesier I, I mean I don't know I kind of expected more Or or I just didn't want that to happen I mean In hindsight You know there's You know uh, Bubba Ray tweeted that He should have hit him with the gimmick phone Like back in the <laughs> 80s But you know in, uh, Yeah of course In a perfect world Something like that could have happened Yeah Ultimately, though, this whole thing is going to be defined by whether Roman walks out of there the champion or not. If he walks out of there the champion on Sunday night, if Brock is gone, to me, this whole thing has been worth it. So, and as you guys all know, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Roman, and I love everything he's been doing as of late. Uh, his stuff backstage has been fire. Definitely of the four of us, I'm his least biggest fan. I don't even think someone that hates him can say that there's a bigger match or more important match or a match to look more forward to. I guess you could say that with the Daniel Bryan Miz, but this is the match I'm the most excited for because it's almost like I don't see how I can't deliver. For everyone who says like, oh, a title isn't important. It's just the belt is just a prop that they give to somebody. There are actual stakes. Like we're either going to have this the, the top title on Raw on TV or we're still not and like that to me that's important and that's something Paul who, who did bring it up Angle brought it up that you know I want Roman to, to kick Brock's ass so he could bring the Universal title back to Monday Night Raw I think that's how a lot of people feel if you have a championship if you have a champion on this show have them be part of the show no I get it also that um, uh, never mind you know what Angle, maybe Angle only put it on social media, which I think is the case. Does anyone else, like, wish, like, when he has these promos that maybe he comments on the fact that him and Brock have had matches? I I, I feel like uh, for the younger fan, like, Michael Cole wants to tell the history of a triple threat match every time there is one. But, like, there's obvious stuff that I feel like they should go back to that they never do. Yeah, I would like it if there was more mention of the fact that Brock and Angle... Have had issues in the past Like there is history there Um, Does anybody else have any other thoughts On Roman and Brock Before we give predictions I guess my my one other thing I like that's similar But you could I feel like last year There was a fatal four-way match And every I think we were almost saying the same thing Maybe just with a little less passion 
it doesn't matter who wins as long as Brock loses. But it was one of those Anyone things, but you, Brock. But but we knew Brock was going to leave with the title. This year is funny because last year there was four different people that could leave with the title, his three challengers or himself. This year, Brock has one challenger, but there's four different people that could leave that night with the title. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think that aspect is funny. It's almost the same aspect one year later, but it's so much more important this mm-hmm. year. Uh, so who do you think is going to win? I think uh, Roman Reigns is going to win the match, and then I think he's going to get I think pending, I literally think whoever has the briefcase is going to be in Gorilla. And pending how the reaction is going to be, that'll that'll mean if we get a cash Do you think they may out. call that on the fly? <laughs> 100%. Interesting. I think if for some weird, you know, freak instance that the fourth time we get Roman in SummerSlam Brooklyn in a row – if the crowd's somehow different than they've been the past three years, they they let them leave with the title. If if people can be happy that the title's going to be there, everyone's complaining that the title's not there. Th- you know what? Does anyone else get pissed off to the fact that Brock's been getting booed every week and then they ruined it? They ruined it. Well, the fact well, about that, like Ron, like me, like Ron always complains about the crowd. They mess. They don't know what to do. Like, for example, they'll boo. They'll boo you when they say your name, but then they'll cheer you when you come out. And, it's, and for the people backstage, like, what the hell do you want? But like the perfect example I have for this is like Ryback. Yeah. Nobody liked Ryback, but when he comes out, everybody's yelling, "Feed me more!" Yeah. And then it looks like people are into yeah. Ryback, but they're not. You, they they pop for oh we get we get to participate now, so we'll. Act like we care about it You know Brock comes out They all cheer Because Brock came out But then they boot him A little later And it's like There's no consistency To the way they react Yeah At all Um Yeah What what is your prediction? (laughs) Roman Reigns Prep Roman Reigns But I don't think he walks out Yeah cash With the title Roman Reigns wins But I think it'll be a cash in too my prediction is Brock because I still think they want him to be their champion when he is doing his press for UFC. I hope I'm wrong about that, but I'd rather be I'd rather be happy and be wrong about the prediction than be than be disappointed and right about the prediction. Something I kind of want to watch Kurt Angle here because even when it comes to that whole money in the bank thing. Owens may if Roman wins, Owens may sneak sneak in and, and steal it. But what if Brock wins? You think Angle will send Braun down there for, for reassurance that Brock doesn't leave with the title? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's Kurt, a, a plausible story. Because yeah, Kurt's been like Adam and like he's the worst champion. You, I want the title on Raw. You're not doing anything with it. So that's something to watch for too. Yeah. So we got everybody but me thinks Roman wins the match, but nobody thinks he walks out with the title. Okay. Uh, Daniel Bryan and The Miz. I, so I good. really, really enjoy the way they presented this. They, the fact that it's eight years in the making, the fact that we, I, you know I love when they sprinkle something in throughout the entirety of a show. I think that makes it seem really important. Um, I love that they told like the, long, the long-term story and the short-term story. Um, I, I really liked... What they did with this uh, I'm really excited for this match I think I don't know if I'm going to say It's the match of the night But I think it's going to be The match that gets The most positive reaction Throughout the night um, 
And also, kind of like one of the stories that they're telling here is, like, one guy is the guy who cares only about being great at what he does. And the other guy just cares about, like, being a star at what he does. It doesn't matter if he's great at it. And it's kind of like almost the difference of, like, one guy's a sellout and one guy's not. But it's like when you go into something, isn't the ultimate goal ultimately to be, like, a sellout? If you're a band, you ultimately want to become a millionaire with your music. Once you start becoming huge and making a ton of money, the people who loved you at first don't like you so much anymore. But that's kind of the story they're telling. Like, Miz is the sellout, and Daniel Bryan is, like, the underground band that will never sell out. Um, so what is everybody else's thoughts on this? I cannot wait to see this. First of all, these three, it was three, right? Mm -hmm. These three segments were all great in their own right. Just as good, Mrs. and Mrs. So good. (laughs) I didn't didn't watch the the new episode, but so good. So it was the episode. This was in the time where they were in Cleveland, right? So you guys might not remember that, but you'll remember the line when they were saying, welcome back, Mm -hmm. and he just looks back and he's like, I live in L.A. Yeah, that was great. One <laughs> so of good. Was that during the Ziggler feud, or was that... No, I don't think it was. No. He was IC champion, though, at the time, though. Um, Eck? Um, I did enjoy all the segments and the build-up. I feel like there's a little more details. I fear, think for Brian's sake, they should have not only said the first match he ever won, but the first championship he ever won was by beating The Miz for the U.S. title. Um, besides that, I mean, uh, I, match should be good. I, I don't think this is gonna be like a one and done thing. Uh, as much as you guys clamored for it to have a be around a championship, I don't know how they get there, but I, I think it, a chan- there's gonna get a championship involved. If not, it'll be a one off, and then maybe when AJ does pass Punk's t- title reign, Miz will get it, and then we'll re-see this again. Yeah, I really don't understand how this is not for the WWE Championship because this. Like, this video package was so ex- so well done. Like, the one thing I liked was how they, like you said, they tied everything together. And even, like, Brian retiring, they, like, they related that back to The Miz. Because when Brian's, Brian was talking about how I knew my in-ring style was going to catch up to me, but I didn't want to, like, take the easy way out like some people. And they showed The Miz cheating to win matches and stuff. So I did like that execution of it in... Like I said last week, I think this will be the best match on the card. Not best match on the card because of the, the storytelling in the match. Because everything is going to mean something. Like even the subtle moves by the Miz, the Miz still Brian, the Miz doing Brian's own moves on him. Those things are going to matter in the match, and everything's going to feel important. And that's why I still think this will be the match of the night. And I don't think this is a one-off. I think we may get them inside Hell in a Cell because I, I think there's more. T- I think it could be they could actually drag this out and make some get something more important out of this. But I do think this will be the match of the night. If there's been any feud in the WWE in the last couple years that warranted a Hell in a Cell match, I think it's this. Especially if they're billing it that this has been going on for almost a decade at this point. I think it would warrant it. So, Prep, who wins? Miz. Daniel Bryan doesn't need to win. (laughs) Heck? D-Bry. Bryan. I'm going to say The Miz also. Split! Uh, (laughs) uh, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Oof. AJ gave a promo that with something about a promise. I, I didn't really care about that. Um, but Joe coming out armed to the teeth with the the letter from Wendy Styles. 
uh, is this good? No. I liked it. No, no, you liked Joe because the one thing about Joe is, like I said, Joe has never had a has not had a bad few on since he's been called up. It's the way Joe delivers everything. Joe can make anything look sound or look good, but this is not good. I didn't think I didn't think AJ was bad though. So not bad. It's like the. The idea that the whole thing is, oh, AJ's away from his wife and kids. <laughs> so so I feel like they, they could do so much better with these two guys <laughs> in that store. So that's bad, and maybe, like, I'm thinking too much into it. To I, me, that's no. like, a, like a 1997 mid-card feud storyline. So the, that's where my head's at, and I'm like, wow. So next, It's like a pre-show storyline. Next month. <laughs> the kids will be there. <laughs> well, this match is going to be another pre-show. Um, next match. Uh, sorry. Next month. When they have their second round, Wendy Styles is gonna leave AJ and go with Samoa Joe. <laughs> Who put that, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Joe did deliver it beautifully as he always does. Actually, one of my favorite like little moments from this episode of SmackDown was Paige yes. going to talk to AJ, and she says, "You know, I talked to Joe too, and." I gotta admit, it didn't go so good. <laughs> However, she said it, I thought that was so funny. It cracked me up. Um, but like, Paige realizes the stakes of this. You know, she did call it her main event, which I think now we know it's not going to be on the pre-show for sure. Um, I think these guys her are going to have event a great of the pre-show. <laughs> it's the bigger SmackDown show on the pre-show. Okay, they're going to have a good match. I believe. I believe this match is going to be great. Um, I do, obviously, we already know it's going to continue on beyond this. Um, I just wish that the the story... Granny, you know what? I'll, I will say there is a chance that the story can develop and yeah. become better. But as of right now, I'm like, really? You have these two talents, and the story you're telling is that AJ's family misses them? <laughs> yeah, because there hasn't been a lot of time invested in this at all. And the thing that got us excited was when bro, when Joe ambushed AJ. And that, that was great. Even the promo Joe first cut about AJ's family, it was like, it was delivered well and looked good while he did it. But that's it. That, that's what you got for this. Like you said, it'll, it'll be better in the long haul because there'll be more of a build and animosity towards it too. Like, I honestly wouldn't be shocked, shocked if this doesn't even have a finish. I wouldn't be shocked. But as we know, the it's been advertised that they'll be going. They'll be going one on one inside Hell in a Cell next month too. Yeah, prep. How do you feel about Joe in the suit with the golf shirt? I like it, but <laughs> I, ha- I hate his hair. The hair is brutal. I hate the hair. Oh my god. The hair is bad, but I loved the the look. Otherwise, yeah. Uh, and his interactions with Paige are yes, awesome, fantastic. Um, I'll go first on this one. I think AJ's going to win just because they don't want to take that title off him yet for no other reason. I would love for Joe to win, and I think that would be, actually be better and get me more interested, but I think AJ. Uh, Alo? AJ. Eck? AJ, of course. He's keeping that title to, like, rumble. I think that he needs to lose it, so I'm going to say Joe. Joe needs that title. I mean, I'd be very happy if that the way that it went. Uh, and that's no slight to AJ. I just think it would be uh, like a nice refresher for the WWE Championship. And AJ, Joe deserves it. Yeah, and AJ is not Bobby Roode. Like, he doesn't – it's not like one of those things where you lose the title and then you're automatically, you know, Agreed. opening He's still shows. AJ Styles. Exactly. He's AJ Styles. Um, so, Intercontinental Feud. 
uh, Ziggler with Drew Galloway. Their run-in with Seth Rollins has been going on for quite some time now. Can I just say... Gonna, I've been meaning to ask mm-hmm. this. Is Galloway his government name? I have no idea. I think it is. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Any prep speaks. So, so the thing I don't get is why I call him Galloway. Cash acknowledging it when it was his indie name. Uh, for whatever reason, I decided to throw it on the show one week and see if anybody questioned it at all. <laughs> and Alo, after I said it four or five times on the show, said, "By the way, I love that you keep calling him Drew Galloway." So I was like, "All right, I'll just keep doing it." Then. That really was the indie, it's the long indie the Cash. Yeah, indie Cash. <laughs> um, can I just say how they've had a lot of I shouldn't say a lot, but I made the comment last week that if they're having so many problems with each other, why doesn't Kurt send them to counseling so they can all get along? <laughs> how about the storyline that this match was in jeopardy because Seth wasn't there at Raw to sign the contract? Because as we all know, no match is ever official unless we've seen the contract signed on Monday Night Raw. It's just such a stupid little detail. <laughs> like, why do you even need to throw that in there? Um, Again, I enjoyed this, and this was the best Ziggler has been in years. Well, I'm glad you said that because my next, my next point was going to be, I thought backstage they were like, kind of corny and like trying to act like troublemakers. But I thought the promo in the ring at the end was great. That was the first. That was the thing. The thing I've liked most that Dolph Ziggler has done since that one match he had on SmackDown with The Miz. Uh, like the one night when I was like, oh, my God, I bought into Dolph Ziggler. And then it was over the next week. I thought this was a great promo that the two of them did, especially Dolph. How would you feel about McIntyre? Because he was saying about uh, Galloway. Sorry. <laughs> about He was basically like put, putting on over. Yeah, he was putting over everybody. What I liked about that was how much credit he gave to Seth. Because that's like an old school wrestling thing of if you're cutting a promo on somebody and all you do is tear them down. Why is anybody anybody going to care that you beat that person if they sucked? So he said, we respect Seth Rollins. He worked so hard. He got to this level, which is what made us want to show we're that much better. I liked both of them in this. And then, of course, Seth has the lunatic, the returning lunatic in his corner. As I said, I've not been the biggest Dean fan, especially the time I was most bought into him. They... Again, no pun intended, they did him pretty dirty with the Brock Lesnar <laughs> thing. But I was super excited to see him back. I think with his history with Ziggler from last year, I think it's like a cool little tie-in. I don't know if they'll mention it at all. And everybody was making a big deal about how jacked he came back. Does anybody else agree with me that he came back a little too jacked? I feel like his arms don't move right anymore. <laughs> if you watch the way he walked around the ring, he like, I, I don't know, he looked kind of weird to me. Might have just been stick. Uh, I, I thought it looked good. <laughs> Obviously, I think we all know I have time for this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I like. I don't know if Dave, refer- Seth said it. What do, you, what do you call him? The Scottish psychopath. Scottish psychopath. I thought it was a good play in words that, like, you know, typically the commentators like to give everyone an ad or line. And I haven't heard that about uh, McIntyre before. So it was obvious that that was the layup for Dean coming back. But I thought that was a great tagline for McIntyre while he's going to be in Dolph's corner defending the title. And it's perfect to have a lunatic in the corner of the challenger. Uh, My boy's hair is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought that HBK's promo was fine. (laughs) And... 
the fact that Dean's back, that does give the match something different because, like I said, that Rollins has been kind of trying to get rid of Galloway for months because he's been the problem in his plans to re-end the IC title, even going back to Extreme Rules. So my thing is, I, Dean's going to come into play somehow, some way in this match. Now, I personally think Dolph is going to win because I think that's what's best for everybody so Rollins can get away from um, Dolph and Galloway. That's what I personally think. I don't know what you guys are picking, but that's where I'm going. Yeah. Um, before I before I even pick, and you guys can give thoughts on this, Dean being added to this, to me, makes me feel like this could be the match of the night. I feel like there's going to be an excitement. Obviously, that crowd likes Ziggler. It's a crowd that's going to like Ziggler. Obviously, it's a crowd that's going to love Rollins. Obviously, it's a crowd that's going to love Drew Galloway. And now Ambrose being back, I think, adds, like, even more electricity to it. So I actually think this could end up being the match of the night. Does anybody agree that there's a shot? This is the best match everybody's talking about come Monday morning. I don't know. There's a lot of heat on this card. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, because me personally, I'm looking forward most to the match we just previewed, probably. Joe and AJ, for sure. But this could... No pun intended. Steal the show. I thought they were gonna say burn, burn it yeah, down. And, yeah, <laughs> and I think the the addition of Ambrose and Gallo on the outside is gonna take away from Seth and Dean. So I mean Seth and Dolph. So I don't think it's gonna be the match tonight because of that. But they're gonna do the deed. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who do you think wins? Prep. I don't know because I have like this scenario in my head. Because I say it, I need no. Because I think Dean. Okay, Seth loses, right? Dean comes out at the end while Roman's celebrating. Dirty deeds. Kevin Owens cashes in. Well, I think, I think the best thing. Is for Dean to turn heel because there's nothing more heelish than getting a haircut. We know that. He just looks like a heel. So exactly. He just looks angry. I anticipate it to be. I anticipate McIntyre uh, to help Dolph somehow. Dolph's gonna win. Afterwards, you have the two guys from the Shield, Ambrose and Rollins, in there. Rollins is upset. Ambrose says uh, he doesn't care. He's upset. Boom, dirty deeds, and he he leaves them. And then that way, Dolph can go do something else with the IC title, and then we get those two feuding. They, they don't need a title. Yeah, and then I, I lost my train of thought for a second. Remember that prediction, because that's how it's going down. <laughs> just for just for clarity, though, I do or I do like the idea of Ambrose feuding with Roman better than Seth. Like we've seen that, but we haven't seen Ambrose and Roman. Yeah, we never we, got him. Well, we've seen him in a match. They, I think they had number one contenders yeah, match. But no, they had, a, they had a title match at, a, at um, Survivor oh, yeah, Series right. that one year. Oh, I remember. Damn, I just lost my train of thought again. <laughs> well, we have oh, no, here Neil Ambrose. Here, yeah, yeah, yes, here it is. Because you know how WWE is with doing things in order. Well, you know, you'll get what I'm saying on this. So, the Shield broke up in Indianapolis. Seth and Dean reunited in Indianapolis. But they're not in Indianapolis anytime soon for Raw, so I think that's not the question. Yeah. But I do think the best scenario is for Dean to turn heel on Seth or Roman. Because Dean has the heel against Seth, that's new. Dean versus, Dean, Dean versus Roman, that's also new. 
Yeah, I think uh, Dolph is going to retain. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss. I have really high hopes for this match, as I have said before. I think Alexa is such a good opponent for Ronda, just kind of a coward. She's little, but she's also very smart about what she does. She has a savvy vet on her side right now. Um, so I have high hopes for this. I think this is going to be really good. And I'm, I want to see Ronda in a full-length match against someone who isn't Nia Jax because this is someone who shouldn't be a threat to her, and I'm really curious to see how this plays out. Anybody else? She's already made two people that aren't great in-ring technicians have good matches. So say what you want about Alexa Bliss, but she can put on a good match. So this, I'm excited for her. The only thing that I need Ronda to do is I need her, like, it looks great, but I can only see so many judo throws. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a little tired because it's getting hokey now. But I do think we need to draw attention to her promo because I think she did really well switching from, you know, that I, I wouldn't be able to do that, go out there and, like... Because you know they're really good friends. And she went out there, she, you know, gives her condolences, and then right into pro wrestler mode right. and talks about Alexa Bliss. Agreed. I was impressed with it. I'm somebody who said have her talk as little as possible, but I did think she did a good job on Monday and not the easiest scenario for her, or anyone for that matter. Yeah, and please... Please give credit to Alicia Fox for coming out with the captain's jacket. Awesome. <laughs> well, I just want to compliment Prep on his 180 of Ronda Rousey because I remember at the Rumble he walked away. He and, walked away at Mania. And then um, when, I had to pee. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, oh, don't forget the parent. The dad had to move the daughter from Prep. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that. And then you. When when uh, Ronda went on that ESPN media tour and prep, she was like, "What you asking me this?" And prep, that was so like <laughs> she was clearly wrong in that. And then I just I still believe that she wasn't brought in in the greatest circumstances. I still think there's problems with it, but I gave her the benefit of the doubt and she's performing and she's yeah. doing really good. I know, I just like I just like the fact that it's funny that we all Ronda marks that for her in WWE, especially Ronda. I've never yeah. disliked anything she's done, and I'm happy she's had a match on TV. And if any, if nothing else, this shows that we are willing to be wrong. We can admit when we're wrong. We don't just hold on to something because we initially didn't like it. Yeah. We can say, oh, this actually is better than I thought. Or if we like something, we don't keep saying it's good when it's not anymore. Yeah. You guys weren't even allowed to say John Cena for how long? I know. I know. And then SummerSlam happy. At least, like, yeah, seven, eight months probably. Then SummerSlam happy. I wasn't listening at first. <laughs> but first, first of all, about the Ronda segment, I got I to gotta say this. That black security guard's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was you in the ring. <laughs> He's a damn legend. He's going places in life, in, in, this, in, this, in this business. But anyway, I thought Ronda's promo was great, but I have to give it up to Alexa Bliss, too, because she hit on a lot of truths. She says... Kurt doesn't want to protect me. He's 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 kicking Roman Reigns out the building to protect Brock Lesnar. But I can't even get security for myself from you. You break everybody's arm every week. Right. <laughs> I did I did enjoy that and her getting 
how much she hates Ronda and the fact that she's an overhyped rookie because she kind of, she technically is. She's a five-time women's champion. Ronda's only had three matches. I like her whole aspect of, aspect of I never get tired of her saying that, by the way. Neither do no. I. Neither do I. Because she shows, she says it was so much frustration, and you believe it. And everything she's saying, she has a point. She's not wrong in any of this stuff. And then I like the little the small attention to Ember push pushing in the corner, and the Ronda's got the security guards like a badass. That does show that they. They can tell proper stories, and Vince can improve proper storytelling. Because I'm not putting it on the writers anymore. I'm putting it on Vince because they they who know they probably come to him with good stuff, and he's like, nah, I don't like that. And then <laughs> listen to Bruce Pritchard show, you really learn that Vince McMahon is crazy and really doesn't care about continuity over they did last week and stuff like that. But I'm really looking forward to this match. I don't know what it's going to look like because Alexa's so, so much smaller, but the fact that Alexa's going to be scared of Ronda. Is what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, another takeaway. I cannot wait to see Ronda Rousey versus Ember Moon. <laughs> Ember Moon's been the best since WrestleMania. Yeah, I thought yeah, she's right. been the best since the Phillies game. <laughs> Good reasoning for yes. that. Troy uh, ran a Warner and she's been smitten since. Uh, <laughs> uh, so who wins? Ronda. Eck. Rousey. Bliss. Still time. Yeah, I'm I'm torn on it, but yeah, I don't I don't think they're gonna give it to Rousey this quick. So I'm gonna also say Bliss, uh, Becky versus Charlotte versus Carmella tag team split again. I I think this is gonna be a very entertaining match too. Obviously, Becky and Charlotte both great, and I think we're gonna get some good uh, comedic stuff from Carmella in this match. <laughs> Was this her best promo? Since like mania, I like think so. mania time, Carmella, I think so. yeah, because that whole first of all, Charlotte was fantastic. I missed her so much. <laughs> I haven't, I don't think I've been on the show since she came back, but she is so good and she deserves all the accolades. <laughs> this is another one that I've, I've made like a huge like 180 on because I was really getting tired of like what they were doing with her, but I saw the light. <laughs> And she is the queen. Yeah, I haven't seen the light yet. She's always been the number four for me out of the four horsewomen. Now, maybe some of that is just because, oh, she's Flair's daughter. Like, she doesn't need my support. Like, that may be some of it is, like, causing a drag for her for me. But, um, and I just prefer her as heel Charlotte. And I'm positive that's not what we're going to ultimately get out of this. Yeah, Becky was great here, too. Mm-hmm. And I love the... The different character elements we're getting from Becky now, and I assume we're only going to get more in the next couple weeks. Like, I think they're good. They're going to be like a little bit of a falling out from this match, and I think it's only going to get worse after that. And I also like the aspect of Charlotte is like trying to act like everything's okay with the two of us, and <laughs> Becky's just not that interested. Sounds like another program. <laughs> Which one? The boss oh, uh, yeah, connection yeah. yeah hopefully it doesn't end up being exactly like that well I enjoyed this whole promo Becky was she was the odd one out in this whole segment I thought Charlotte calling out Carmella saying you're a diva in a women's world now I thought that was excellent because especially especially on the, on the internet in, in the IWC the complaint about WWE's women division is there are still like Divas in the division, like ones that 
they can separate the wrestlers because they had indie careers or whatever. And then there's the there's like the divas who like performance center performance center in house talent like the Mandy Rose, Carmella's a um, performance center thing, um, Alexa Bliss. They consider those women divas because they're not the workhorse that the other ones are. And that that's a true fact. And I think I like the fact that Carmella actually held, embraced it. Embraced it. Yeah. She embraced it, models, um, spun around saying, you don't have the body like me, you don't have the looks like me, and all that stuff. I'm proud to be a diva. So I really did enjoy that. And then even on commentary, she was so great on commentary because any time she got, she's like, well, you're not being Charlotte Flair twice. <laughs> every time every time they try to loop, loop, every time they try to like put her in a corner and say, well, you know you might not be able to win. You Well, you know you can't do this. But, well, I beat Charlotte Flair twice. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she said, I did beat them. She did beat him clean, essentially, except there was not really much interference in the second time she beat Asuka, yes, but she did beat Charlotte twice clean, basically. So she delivered everything on her her end well, and like you said about Becky, she's not having any of it. She wants her title back, and that's it. Yeah, and not to mention the whole people being mad that there are still divas in the women's division. There's nothing wrong with that. To tell stories, you need characters. And every character can't be the same. You won't enjoy it. It's the point I always make about people who don't like Roman Reigns because he's not Sami Zayn. I love Sami Zayn, but if everybody was Sami Zayn, I wouldn't love Sami Zayn so much. So you need different characters. You need some characters that are cowardly. You need some characters that are great athletes. You need some that aren't great athletes. You need some that are big and strong. You need some that are small and fast. And they're not. It's part of it. And they're not bad. Like, like we saw Carmella NXT. We saw her kind of grow up a little bit. And by the time she came on, came to the roster, I remember NXT WWE. They have two different styles. Carmella was good. She was way better than when she first started. But it's the the problem with WWC is they're complaining like about Sasha Banks, Bailey, Sasha, Sasha Banks on the card, Bailey's on the card, um, Ember Moon's on the summer same card. But you can't fit everybody on the card. You can't. And you want a you want a ten hour show? You complain about that? Yeah. Agreed. Another good thing about this was Carmella. Like I feel like the last couple weeks she was just doing her best Alexa Bliss impression, but this week she kind of separated and then went on her way. And I I really enjoyed it. I I think Becky wins. I want Becky to win. I want to see it. It's been too long. I hope she pulls it out. I believe someone made Domus's exact prediction a few weeks ago. I, I want Carmella to win. She's been arguably carrying SmackDown as a whole damn show. Um, but I think Carmella's going to retain, and we're going to see Becky and Charlotte have a non-title feud. Car- Carmella's going to sneak, sneak out and win. Yeah. I want Becky to win. But I believe Carmella is going to retain And I don't have a problem with that I think she's doing a a great job And I wouldn't hate seeing her be the champion for a little while longer Uh, Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman (laughs) Kevin Owens running away from Braun Strowman Will never get old to me That will always be funny I will always love it Um, And I don't have a whole lot to say about this story But Either Owens needs to win and get the I'm briefcase. I'm looking forward to this match. I forgot or about this Braun one. needs to cash in on Brock at the end of the night. Like, I need one of those two things to happen out of this match. Uh, but does anybody have any more to add to this storyline? Not to the storyline. Prep? I want Owens to win, cash in, and then not lose to, like, Rumble. <laughs> yeah, I want Owens to win, 
obviously by Braun getting disqualified or something, just so I can see Kevin Owens celebrate for winning when he didn't really even do anything to win. Is this the biggest turnaround on, like, a superstar of the year? Because I'm not, like, I don't love Braun like I loved Braun and whenever the awards were in January. He's not doing anything. That's the problem. It's one of the bigger downturns for sure because, yeah, we all, he was our, what was he, our superstar of the year? Yeah, he was the same time. At the same time, Aaron says every year, whoever has the briefcase, you always forget about him. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, even before Money in the Bank, he kept saying, I'm going to cash in on Brock Lesnar. And I could have sworn he said the first time I see him, I'm going to cash in somebody. I might be wrong, but they haven't crossed paths at all. Right. And I thought that that would have been a good idea if they actually crossed paths and Braun actually tried to cash in. But like I said, maybe Brock does win and Angles just brings out Braun because now when the house show is coming up, it's Roman versus Braun. The house show is coming up post-SummerSlam. So maybe you get maybe you get that. Yeah, it has been a big turnaround. I think some of it is the briefcase because now they, they get to say, all right, Braun, go out, go out to the ring and just call yourself Monster in the Bank, and that's good enough for this week. Uh, go tip a stage over, and that's going to be enough. I feel like they just haven't put in the effort to do anything other than just tell them to go out there and do something, and that's really it. Um, now, if he cashes in on Brock at the end of the show on Sunday, we may be seeing interest, a very different too, Interest flies but. right back up. At the same at the, at the same token with Brock, or I'm sorry, with Braun, what, what are you going to do? Keep putting him in a match every week? You know, you know he's going to win. It's going to be a squash. It doesn't matter who he faces. It's a squash. Right. Yeah, I don't know. They're kind of in a tough spot with him. So, random thought. I want to hear your guys' opinion. And, again, there's a lot of talent on the whole roster, both shows. And I don't want to – I'm not trying to crap on anyone on SmackDown. But am I the only one that looks at it like if you take, and especially like the four most important matches from each show, Raw is out doing SmackDown. Dramatically, storyline-wise. Am yeah. I the only one? Like, if there were two different shows, if, if SmackDown had SummerSlam on Saturday and Raw had SummerSlam on Sunday, I, I, could be fi- I probably would, wouldn't watch live for SmackDown. No, I agree. The, those are more compelling. They matter more. SmackDown, the only thing that I really care about is what? The Daniel Bryan Miz, which I think the only thing you should be able to, you would compare that. That's like the non-title feud comparable to like the Miz, I'm sorry, uh, the Braun Owens feud. Yeah. I mean, the the heavyweight title on Raw match is more important than it is on SmackDown. The women's title is more important on Raw than it is on SmackDown. The mid-card title match is more important than it is on SmackDown. I mean, like SmackDown doesn't have a whole hell of a lot. Tag divisions are dead, so I'm not even going to bring that up. Like SmackDown does have that one; that will be a more important match. Yeah, it's definitely lopsided in the favor of Raw. And again, it's it's a shame when you do think back to say 2016 when the brand split did happen. Everyone was more excited for what was going on on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Who wins this match? Braun or Owens? I hope Owens. I hope Owens. I want Owens. I think Braun's going to win. Prep. Owens, uh, Braun didn't need it. They just wanted to sell some shirts. It's like the Y two AJ thing all over again. Yeah, I want Owens to win, but I, I, I think Braun's going to win. My mind's been changed. I'm going to say Owens because that's what I want. Uh, that's what I want to happen. I think that'd be the best option. So that's the way I'm going to go. Like I said, because it's going to make more sense to have 
Braun waiting in a gorilla position at the end of that match. Yeah. yeah, if that happens, then I'd be cool with Owens not winning in that case. Now, I didn't watch it, but I did, I did see a, a thumbnail of it. Did anybody watch the WWE.com exclusive of Owens doing a promo in the backseat of a car hiding from Braun? No, but, that's, <laughs> but that sounds awesome. <laughs> I can only imagine that it actually was. Uh, the last three things I have in my notes, none of this do I really want to talk about. Uh, if you guys have anything to say on any of these, obviously feel free. But New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers for the the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Any thoughts? New Day on SmackDown was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I haven't... So, I'm kind of reinvigorated on New Day, too. I'm, I'm, a, I'm enjoying them a lot more now than I have in a while. So, I hope New Day wins because... That'll bring a lot of fun matches back. Agreed. And I'll actually care about the tag team championship again. Yeah. Oh, and Luke Harper on Edge and Christian's radio show is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Eck, who's going who's gonna to win the tag team champ- SmackDown tag team championships? Don't you dare be sour. <laughs> new day. I'm going to go with the new day as well. No reason to keep that on the Bludgeon Brothers anymore. Whatever they were planning to do with them has not turned out the way they wanted it to. Uh, Finn Balor and Constable Corbin. <laughs> We've seen this a lot. Um, I'm rooting for Constable Corbin. <laughs> Another match I forgot was. I'm kind of just like it, not that Corbin. interested by Finn Balor anymore. And Constable Corbin, I can't help it. I have a soft spot yeah, for the. He's Constable. like a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> he really is. I was thinking about this during the uh, when we were talking about the the venue, you know, and where we would sit. Imagine if he didn't get hurt, Finn. Where would where, first of all, where would that title be right now? Mm-hmm. Second, like where would he be? We'd probably see the demon from time to time again. I don't miss that though. I, I think don't that, miss it. I think that needed it needs the time away. It's been almost a year. I don't miss it, but I think if he won the title there, I think it's something we'd still see. I think it only went away because didn't he get hurt again when he was supposed to? Or no, Bray ended Bray up. Bray got hurt, yeah. Or did he get like? I don't know. He he got like sick or something. Yeah. Whatever it was. Right. He was did sick. wear it, right? Yeah, he uh, wore it against AJ. He wore it against AJ. Yeah, and then we haven't seen it since. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, things would be a lot different, I think. We, we definitely wouldn't. I'm not saying it'd be a better product, but it wouldn't be exactly the same product if that had never happened. Well, my thing is, who knows what the show would be if Brock wasn't champion? That's the problem. So, do we yeah. ba- blame Rollins and Finn for having Brock as the champion for all this time? We blame Seth for hurting Finn. Well, my thing hey, is, we're, we're all Brett. <laughs> well, no matter, well, no matter what, Bill was still coming back. Yeah. And and Owens and Jericho was supposed to be the Universal Title match, but they changed it. Right. Uh, wow. So we'll imagine if if Rollins didn't hurt Finn, you wouldn't have got Goldberg as a Universal Champion. You would have never bought his side plates like you did. <laughs> I'll let people if they want to believe that I did, they they could believe that. Uh, who wins? The nice, constable. Nice new tattoo. <laughs> the constable or Finn? Constable Corbin. Baron, I hope. How many times does Finn Balor beat Corbin? Finn Balor's won every match, right? Uh, no, I think Corbin did win a couple weeks ago. I thought. I might be remembering it. Maybe they just played his music afterwards, but I thought Corbin won one. Finn. 
the constable. <laughs> um, and we're not going to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura or Jeff Hardy, who wins? Randy Orton. <laughs> Nakamura, he'll whip it out, no pun intended. Oh my effing goodness. Nakamura wins and takes the title back to Japan. I say Nakamura also. Uh, do we have any listener questions this week? One thing I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, you got something to say? Go ahead, Brett. Drew Gulak wins the Cruiserweight title. Yes, he does. Oh, is that a match on SummerSlam? Yes. yes. The pre show. Andrade and Zelina win uh, the tag match. Tag. Yes. That's two. They better. <laughs> And the Revival finally win the Raw Tag yeah. Team titles. <laughs> Wait, how good was Alino? I don't think so. How good Beat was teams it? undefeated longer than Brock. So are you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how good was Alino on SmackDown, though? Great. Fantastic. Great. She's always good. Mm-hmm. And I want Prep can probably attest with me on this. Have you been watching Impact? I have not. I watched probably 30 minutes of it last week, and it's really good. I've seen that, like on social media, people saying that it's really good. I will never find out for myself, <laughs> but that, that's what I hear. Yeah, it's been, it was really good. Um, like, I've always, like... I'm shocked you're not going back and watching McIntyre's on the <laughs> was He wasn't Galloway on Impact, was he? Yeah, he was. Oh, he was? Okay. Yeah, yeah like... I figured you would know. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed the... Um, the way they cut, the way they shoot their promos with the with that like that kind of theatrical feel, I do I have always enjoyed that, but I never really took the time out to really care. But I watched Tessa Blanchard; she fought Alyssa, I believe. That 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 was a good match. The crowd was hot for Tessa and not chanting WWE stuff. And you could tell like that's an impact actual crowd now. Before they wouldn't act like they were even there because before they were just giving t- impact tickets away. And I saw Matt Sidell versus Pentagon. I thought that was fun and. Um, Scarlett Bordeaux. Oh, that <laughs> promo where she says, "What did she say?" So, something you're a five. She was like, "Quiet five, a tennis talk." Yeah, shoot, she is so bad. Yeah, she is gorgeous. See, I really didn't. I really have enjoyed it. When I catch, when I get a chance, I'm gonna start watching because they got rid of all the dead weight that was there for all those years. Well, they can't afford what, them. Was <laughs> was Seidel and Pentagon just sh- straight match? Was yeah, this straight, like straight a pay-per-view match. or just TV? No, regular TV match. Can I just that say worth watching. that I won't watch Impact because the only place I want to see Sammy Callahan is HOH. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. Um, and it's a good reason not to watch Impact. Also, the other good reason is who needs to add any more wrestling to their lives at this point? Now me, I have a hard enough time so watching this. I already know which way you're going to go with this. Before we get into listener questions, I saw an interesting poll on Twitter, and I really want to hear your guys' feedback on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to limit it, limit it to four companies. So Bubba Ray put out a poll on which brand or company has which company has the most sensitive fans: WWE, Ring of Honor. New Japan or Impact now of course uh, spoiler alert the polls result was WWE Mm -hmm. my honest before seeing the result my click and this is just from over the years of it going through its highs and lows I picked Impact has the most sensitive fans but again I just I'm interested and curious to hear what you guys would put out there so before Pash goes (laughs) yeah let's save him for last we already know this the most sensitive fans are these damn New Japan fans. <laughs> as much as I love the product, 
God damn, these fans are freaking annoying. Yep. Agree wholeheartedly. And I kind of want to. I'll say New Japan fans because, for example, we were at ROH with Carl Honor. There was this group of people in the corner on the opposite side of us at intermission. They were really arguing about how how many people had six star matches. Who gives a shit about <laughs> six star matches? I remember those arguments. <laughs> like who can? Uncle Dave wrote that. And by the way, he he bashed my baby mama Penny Royce. By the way, but anyway, <laughs> and he sucks. <laughs> who cares what Uncle Dave says? Whoa. <laughs> who ca- who gets them? Preppy Mel's over here flushing. <laughs> who cares? Who can who really sits there and and counts how many matches they Uncle Dave gave a match and let that jade their opinion? Who gives a damn? And they would really like argue with argue like that to the death of them. And there was not one <laughs> six star match that <laughs> night. <laughs> not one. It's New Japan. Me and Eck had a better match in front of the Harris Casino (laughs) that day. Yeah, there's not even a debate to be had. It's New Japan. Uh, They can't watch any other wrestling without having to run their mouth about how New Japan is better than whatever it is they're watching at that time. So it's New Japan. Grow up. Wrestling is wrestling. It It doesn't matter. Just watch the thing you like and don't worry about the stuff you don't. Um... So before we get to listener questions, uh, I'm not going to pretend we're, we're doing this like he's calling in right now. I'm going to insert the Nick Aldis <laughs> interview in this spot right here. So listen to it right now, and we'll be back on the other side of it. It's now time to welcome in our guest tonight, current NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis. Nick, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Well, I just want to say thank you for being committed to giving, giving us your time. I know you have a really busy schedule, and I, I just want to thank you again. <laughs> Oh, no problem. I, I really appreciate. We really appreciate it. So, with the resurgence of the NWA, is made it's made waves throughout the wrestling world throughout the past year. And the person that revi- that revived it was Billy Corgan. Now, as you were exiting Impact, Billy, I believe Billy was coming in. Is that correct? Yeah, he. he yeah, I mean, we we absolutely just sort of crossed uh, cross paths at the very end there, yeah. Okay, and that made big news around the wrestling world. He's known to be a passionate wrestling fan, has a mind for the business. What's it been like working with him, and how did he pitch you in the revival of the NWA? It's been great working with him. He's a, um, he's a very different breed of guy, you know, compared to your typical sort of bullish uh, wrestling guy. Um, there's very little insecurity there, which is which is like a key, I think, to a lot of the problems that exist in the in the backstage of a lot of wrestling companies. Is that a lot of the a lot of the decision makers or or people of that nature are sort of either former wrestlers who are a little bit bitter about what they were able to do or not do, or you know, and or they're or they're people who who didn't didn't wrestle or didn't have a passion for the business, and so they sort of try to. Um, it's almost like they they deliberately uh, try to sort of counteract that by by deliberately going against the grain of of what the wrestlers want. And most of the time, you know, the wrestlers are the biggest fans of all. So our instinct is usually right on in terms of like what people respond to and what they don't. So being with Billy is different because he has this huge level of experience as far as big time entertainment business so he understands um who to trust and and when to know when someone's blowing smoke up your ass and when they're being genuine and i think that his passion for the business is 
a huge asset, but he's also he's also self-aware enough and secure enough, more importantly, to let other people make decisions or to take on, you know, my take on things or Dave Lagana's take on things or even other people, you know, in, in involved in the process. Um, are there any, like, in the world of wrestling, it's important to be different, and he's known to be different. Are there any ideas that he has or, or is pitched to you to make the NWA feel different from everybody else? Well, I think you're you're looking at it. You know, the, the we we conceived this this sort of the ten pounds of gold series and and our approach to it. A lot of it happened organically as we were moving forward. We just knew that that's what we wanted to do from the beginning. Was that we weren't going to be able to compete with anyone in terms of uh, production value and stuff like that. In uh, in the sense of we, Billy is not about to go and of dollars into getting a ring and a soundstage and a roster and and uh, a whole infrastructure in place for a brand that doesn't have any value you know because that's the, the without the, the, you, have, you can have all that other stuff but it means nothing if no one recognizes your brand or equity so we took the approach of building value and building equity in that brand first and that's where the 10 pound series came about because through discussions in the beginning I basically said what I miss in wrestling is that competitive rivalry of, you know, two guys sort of, uh, and, and the, and the, and the slow build and the collision course to when they finally collide on a, for a big moment and a big title match. And you're seeing that come to fruition with, you know, with me and Cody at all in. Yeah. I was a big fan of the 10 pounds of gold series. I enjoyed last week's at the ring of honor tape and building towards your rivalry. And, with that, have you noticed any uptake? I mean, uptick in the attention or notoriety during your run with the NWA? Yeah, it grows steadily, and I think that that's because the, the nature of, of being on YouTube and stuff is that it's there forever. It's there in perpetuity, unless you take it down, obviously. So, as as we level up, is how we like to call it, you know, and obviously to, to level up to now be now be working with Ring of Honor and for me to be involved with All In and, and all the other things that, that can hopefully come off come off the back of that what happens is then people pay we, we draw some of the, some of the different audience into what we're doing and then they go back and retroactively look at the other stuff and so slowly it builds and builds and then the next thing you know you check back on a on a video from the beginning and you go oh wow like this, this is done like 10 times the viewers that it did before you know because people are just going back to it and starting again or binge watching the whole series and that's, that's 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 the nature of the entertainment business now you know that's where we're at that's what our generation like to do we like to go back and like I you know I do it all the time I say this to to people because there's this sort of impatient nature to wrestling fans like well, when are they going to get a TV show and when are they going to do this and when are they going to do that and and I go well like I I didn't start watching Sons of Anarchy until it was in I think season three or four was the one on TV I think season three was on TV mm-hmm. but I went back and, because, but I, as soon as I once, once I decided okay I'm going to give this thing a chance I went back and started at season one yeah and then, and then binge watched all the way up until it was caught up. That's the way we do it now. That's what our generation did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, when, when, when new things come along and challenge the status quo of how things, quote unquote, should be done, 
there's always going to be people who are in the comfort zone of, of doing things the way that they feel like they should be done who are going to who are going to criticize it and question it but clearly we're resonating with an audience and the audience is growing so that's all we can ask for at this point yeah well speaking of the 10 pounds of gold series a few weeks ago you took on front of the show flip gordon with major all in implications has there been any match or storyline that really stood out to you as being your favorite or most important that that's probably the one so far i mean obviously the build to cody and i is is a, a whole other level it's big bigger than anything it's one of the biggest things in wrestling so to go from you know obviously the opponents i've had in, in for the nwa have been varied and they've been and they've been uh, some you know some have been on bigger shows some have been on not, not so bigger shows but the, the that was with a that was with a, a purpose which was to build uh, a sort of a, a, a mythology or you know a lore story behind the fact that i was traveling the world defending the title like the nwa champion should and so yeah but as far as um I think we proved that, you know, me against Flip, I like to have matches like that. I like wrestling guys like Flip, but what, what it's, it's fine to just do a match, but it's a whole other thing to do a match when you actually have a real story and real stakes, you know, a match, a match without stakes is just an exhibition and there's too much exhibition going on right now, in my opinion. Now, with the idea of the NWA title being defended all over the world, it's a great nostalgia feeling and what was it was a part of the title's lineage and it's continuing that was that always the intent for the championship to be defended in all these different promotions i don't know i think that that happened organically uh just because i had a lot of existing bookings at the time where i won the championship and then obviously all of those all of those uh promoters and bookers suddenly said hey what, what do we have to do to make it a title match is there some way we can make it a title match and at first we were toying with the idea of going, well, maybe we should, maybe we should save it and make it like only a special occasion thing. And then, you know, kind of like we have with Cody in the sense of like, well, let's make them wait and we'll, we'll do the prize fight thing. And I, and I basically, um, resisted that in the beginning because I said, we can get to that later, but what we have to do now is re, you know, re-familiarize everyone with, with this championship and we need to take it as many places as we can. So people get to see it and understand it and appreciate it. And then, you know, we build the value back in it. Then we can, you know, then we start to pick and choose, you know, where title matches happen. And, you know, that's, that's the thing about the NWA world championship that was always unique was that it was constantly defended, you know, by a fighting champion all over the world. Now the NWA title is arguably one of the, is arguably top, one of the top three most prestigious championships in the world. What were your thoughts when you became world champion and what are your goals for the NWA title? Um, my thoughts were that, you know, that I had a responsibility to make it mean something. That's the same with any championship that I've ever won, you know, and I've won quite a few. My responsibility is always to, to make it valuable. Uh, but the difference with the NWA championship, obviously, is there's all this history. So your responsibility is also extended to... Uh, honoring the legacy of the people that have held it who obviously have gone on to become Hall of Famers and legends in our industry like Dory Funk Jr., Jack Briscoe, Harley Race, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, you know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and I could go on and on. That's the way I looked at it as I said, I, I have to do everything I can and I will to make this title 
mean something and to defend it on a stage that it deserves so that it's honored again in the way that it deserves to be with you know with those names attached to it now as the champion we always talk on the show we always talk about how people are waiting for the next boom period in wrestling and, and, and they're waiting for it mainly in WWE but we constantly we all believe that the boom period in wrestling is happening right now with everything outside of WWE and you're a big part of that what are your what are your opinions on that I think I think there is definitely an uptick in consumer activity yes. you know uh, and and that's obviously that's that's good for everyone um I believe that the, the the people most that should be credited the most with that are uh, are the young bucks and, and the being the elite crew. You know, Marty Skrull's one of my best friends, and all those guys who bet on themselves, which is why All In is called All In. You know, because it's a, because it's celebrating a bunch of pro wrestlers who bet on themselves and didn't just seek the sanctuary of I need to get signed, I need a contract. No, no, we went in a way we all went sort of old school and said, no, I'm going to get over on my own and draw money. And then it's up to me where I go. And if WWE is that place, then, then, then go. But it's, it's not a sense of like, well, I'm just going to do everything I can to look attractive to them. So then they can sign me and own me and do whatever they want with me or not, not just WWE, but any company, but obviously WWE is, is, is the big fish, you know? So Instead, it was this culture of guys who who bucked that trend, and I'm now part of it because I was inspired by them, you know. And 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 the more people that we can do, you know, that we can encourage to do the same thing, the better the business is going to be. Because at the end of the day, if people are willing to buy a ticket or buy a pay per view to see wrestlers any anywhere, it's good for everybody. It's good for the whole business. Yes, no doubt, it really is. Now. You, you talked about, you brought up All In. Now, you're going to be a part of that headlining against Cody for the NWA title. How did you become an All You kind of hit on it a little bit in the last question, but how did you be an All In come about? Uh, it, we Obviously, I was close, close with Marty, so I knew about, we knew about the concept. And um, the, um, the, the, I can't, I'm trying to remember the timeline exactly, but I just remember that it's you know a lot of it's serendipity you know we, we were fortunate uh, us building this value and, and creating this interest in the NWA title which was really starting to get people's attention coincided with the um, the early conception of All In and you know for, importantly for us we got Cody's attention and Cody wants that belt you know and we knew that and then it's it just came it became like a prize fight and that's and that sort of dictated how we decided we'd go about our business from now on was we said if you have a championship that people care about then you can create matches that people care about and if you can create matches that people care about then people pay to see them so we 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 used that asset and we basically and you know we knew that like once I had it and Cody saw how it was growing and saw how I was starting to turn heads and get people's attention, it got his attention and he was honest about it and said, you got my attention, you know, can we make this, can we make this match happen? Now, as one of the headliners defending the NWA title, do you feel any pressure, pressure having to deliver in one of the headlining matches at all in? Of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You know, there's no, there's, there's, there's no way around that that's that's the business we're in but you know i've been doing this i've been doing this a long time 
like I, I, and and the reason I have to remind myself sometimes that the, I'm there for a reason. You know, my work in the last year has shown that I can take any opponent of any size, any stature, any any level of ability, and create a situation where people are genuinely compelled and interested in seeing who comes out on top. That's the that's the job of world's champion, and. Uh, you know, in that respect, it'll be easy with Cody because the desire is already there. And, the, you know, and clearly um, I'm not going to take any credit for the sellout because the, 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 the show sold out in 30 minutes. And, yeah, there was only one match announced, but they would have done that whether there was any matches announced or not. But, uh, but you know, I will, I will say that I believe that the um, – I believe it's going to do a very good pay-per-view number. I believe that the the, um, the the amount of people around the world who are willing to pay to stream it and see it is is going to be very very good. And I do think that uh, our build, you know, the work we, Cody and I have done to create interest in this bout, is uh, the the main driving force on that element of the of this show. All right. Now I know you're a busy man, so I have one last question. I want to get you out of here as soon as possible. So. We're from Philadelphia, and one of our main promotions is Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. Now, we usually sit in the front row of these shows. In this past November, there was an incident involving yourself, Shane Douglas, and Joey Mercury, where a riot almost started, and food and drinks were thrown over the place. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was going on through your guys' mind while everything was happening? And did you think that you, did you think that was going to happen? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I, was, I didn't, I, I didn't think I, I was, but, but as soon as it did, I was happy. I was mm-hmm. pleased. I could, I, I love being part of history making moments and to be part of something like that because you get all these people in the business, you know, from different generations who tell you it'll never be like it was in my day. It'll never be like that again. You can't get heat anymore. You can't yeah. do this. You can't <laughs> do that. It's, it's a, and, and, and then you do it and, and it's like, uh, it was a testament to the work we had we had done to you know to 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 get that to get that heat in that building and um, I loved it. You know what was great was that it, it, it felt great because the, the fact that we elicited such a such a such an organic mm-hmm. response from people, but at the same time, I still felt completely safe. Yeah, I, like I I looked around, I looked you, I looked all the people in the eye, and just I knew not one of them was going to do shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the funny part was when you you actually stood in the corner by me, and I just saw you light up because you thought it was so great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a real moment. Like we were like, oh my god! Like, did they did they plan this or what? Because like the organic reaction, as you said, yeah. that you can't get that anymore in wrestling. And the fact that yeah, they were going to start a riot for Dreamer was amazing. Can. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it just proved that it can be done. I, I proved like uh, you know this this year I've proven a lot of things over and over again that it can be done. People said. Go back and look. Go back and look through Google search for like the headlines of when Billy bought the NWA, and look at some of the industry experts in their comments. Like, well, I don't know what the hell he's doing. What's he doing that for? Oh, no, no, no. You know, like what a dumb idea. Like, I mean, I just did a thing with Deadspin, who would, you know, who would, and they and uh, and they they contacted NWA today to say like, wow, you know, his his video did really good numbers. You know, thanks and blah blah blah. Like, I saw an article on Deadspin when Billy bought the company, basically just just trashing him, just going like, what an idiot! Like, why did he buy this? It's a it, it's a it's a dead brand. It's it's got nothing going on for it, you know. And it's like we 
love to prove people wrong. I've defended the world's, the NWA world's title this year in, on four different continents in less than a year. And one of them was, you know, one of those defenses was in China, which no one has ever done before. Not Harley, not Flair, not Funk, not Dusty, not any of them. They never went to China and defended it. So, so you know, I like being the first. Uh, you know, that I can point to in my career as that was the first, and All In will be another. Like I said, I headlined the first All In because th this is the start of something way bigger than that. Yeah. Billy's story with reviving NWA, it's a real inspirational story, and he has the right guy for it. And like you said, as a champion, you and Billy are right in history because, like you just said, you defended the title no, for the first I, time I in China. No, no, it's 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 Billy and Dave Lagana. Dave Lagana, <laughs> Dave Lagana is the guy who who really deserves the lion's share of the credit for the um, for the creative side of. The NWA branding and the strategic, uh, the strategic elements of why the NWA has succeeded so far and why it will continue to grow. Well, like I said, I want to get you out of here. I said I really appreciate you taking time out out of your busy schedule to sit down with me and have this have this interview. So, if there's anything you want to plug, go right ahead. Well, you can get me on on my socials, uh, my Twitter and Facebook are both. Uh, at real Nick Aldis, and then my uh, Instagram is at Nick Aldis. Um, I have just started a Patreon site where I'm going to be uploading uh, my FSM column before it goes to print and uploading unique videos just for my patrons and, and uh, all sorts of different unique content that is uh, members only and members only Q and A's and advice and things like that. And some of it will be to do with, with wrestling and some can be to do with fitness and, and virtually anything in between. And it's uh, it's uh, patreon.com slash Nick All right, Nick, thank you once again. Now, two of my co-hosts, they will be at All In. So I will make sure they walk up to you and say something. But once again, I want to thank you for your time and make sure they, make sure they hold up a national treasure sign. <laughs> I, I will make sure that they do that. And thank you once again. Thank you for embracing the madness. And we're looking forward to see you soon. Thank you. All right, thanks, Aaron. All right. So thank you to Nick Aldis. Alo, great, great, great job. interview. Alo, great work <laughs> on tracking him down and getting to answer some really good questions. So, Nick, once He's again... He's in more demand than the Universal Champion, so my bestie pulled some damn strings there. Yes. So th thank you for, for giving us the time. Thanks, Halo, Nick. Do we have any listener questions yeah. this week? Yes, yeah, specifically for you. Okay. So, the return of Push Fire Barry. All right. <laughs> Does it live up to the last one? Because the last one was good. Oh, this is better. All right. You don't get a pop out of this. <laughs> so... I don't know when to start because you're going to die at all. Man. I'll start with, the, I'll start with the, the least one. Okay. Goldberg. All right. <laughs> Brian Colangelo. Oh, God. All right. Or your job. <laughs> oh, this is a tough one. I, I may have to play. We don't have a stump Alo this week, so I may have to play the stump Alo music over this. Because, wow. Push, fire, or bury William, Brian Colangelo, or my job. Well, I don't even know how to wrap my mind around this one because these are all things I really hate. And have no tolerance for it. Like, Chris Lee, at least I can get a chuckle out of him on a commercial. Wow. 
You watch my show yet? <laughs> <laughs> He's quickly approaching 2016 pass red. Push, fire, or bury William oh Goldberg, God. Brian Colangelo, or my job. All right, <laughs> let me try to break this down a little bit. Oh God. So pushing means that something gets like a lift here. Oh, uh, I'm disappointed. I already know which one's getting. Oh my god. Burying means something is just languishing, <coughs> and firing means I'm just done with it. So what would I push? William, Brian Colangelo. I'm. This is tough because I really don't want to push any of them. Can I just say I'm gonna like push my job out the door? Like, <laughs> no. All right. Uh, hmm. You know what? Here's what I'll say. I'm gonna push my job. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Because if they get a push, there will be more money for them to pay me severance <laughs> when I'm out of here. Hopefully within a couple weeks. So I'm gonna push my job for that reason. Um, fire. I would fire Brian Colangelo, but his ass already got fired. So I'm going to fire William so he's out of my life forever, and I'm going to bury Brian Colangelo because you deserve it uh, for ruining my team for the last two years. You let Boston get ahead of you. Uh, So, yes, push my job because there may be some financial incentive for me. Fire Goldberg so I don't have to ever see him again and bury Brian Colangelo because it's what he deserves. He could be buried with his burner accounts. Oh, God. Uh, all right. Anything else anybody wants to say before I close this out? Pash, great job on Ronnie versus the world. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you said they watch my show? <laughs> I have not watched it yet. I will see, like, whenever it's, like, at the end of my DVR for Raw or SmackDown or whatever, I'll usually see, like, the first 30 seconds and I turn it off because I can't hear the accent anymore. <laughs> At some point after I'm done with my Scout U class, which ends, I believe, this Tuesday, I may try to give Chris Lee a watch in the next two weeks so we can talk about it on the show. You should. But for right now, I don't have the time to devote to it. Once I do, I promise I'll watch at least one episode. And I'll ask you guys if I should watch a current one. Should I watch the pilot? We don't have to get into that now, but that is where I will go uh, when the time comes. Um, so, Joel Embiid, I buried Brian Colangelo <laughs> partially for you. So the least you could do is come on, Matt Madness, and trust the process with us. LeBron, you're not invited to sit on the throne with me anymore, although, in all honesty, if you wanted to, I probably would still do it. Uh, but I know Alo always has a throne open. Uh, listen to Throwback Madness on Friday. Subscribe on iTunes. Five star ratings and reviews for F2 Fly Eric Trembicki. For Preptagon Jr. Josh Prep Agina. For <laughs> Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man. It ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.